1: In this episode, journalist Andrew Griffiths visits the River Dove in the Peak District to see how this famous river is being restored to a more natural state to encourage wildlife. But he discovers that the human history of the river is just as important to some people and that managing its future is a tricky balancing act. Restoring a river is about more than just ecology. The very word restoring begs the question, restoring to what? To what point in time? This is just one of many questions that have to be thrown into the mix with a project like the restoration of the River Dove, questions that can take us away from the science and towards the arts. There are many ways of trying to find out how the river used to look. One is to look at how the river has been depicted in paintings over the centuries. With a river as well known as the Dove, this is not too difficult. Dovedale has long been a tourist destination. Some say it was England's first tourist hotspot. People have been coming here to admire the scenery since the 1700s, and the river must be one of the most frequently painted views in the country. These old paintings are now being used to inform the River Restoration Team. I went to the newly refurbished Button Museum to meet Ros Westwood, Head of Museums and Arts in Derbyshire. Ros had offered to let me see some of their collection and show me what these paintings can tell us about the history of the river. She also offered to tell me why there is always a fisherman in a Derbyshire painting, and why we must be careful about putting too much faith in these windows on the past. And I must declare an interest on Ros's behalf here. She's not just an expert in art, she knows a thing or two about rivers too. She's no mean salmon angler herself. Hi.
0: Is it Ros? Yes. Hi Ros. Andrew Griffiths. How are you doing? Hello, Andrew. Would you like to sign in for me before we? This is more, more, more fitting to me, I'm in the trade. All the museum down here.
1: Ros took me down into the museum basement where many of the Derbyshire paintings were stored in sliding stacks like a huge card index file.
0: Fishermen on the painting. Two fishermen, there's one over there. Yeah. Uh, they've given up. Um, but yeah, so it's. Quite important to to sort of see what's going on in rivers that you are always, things are changing because they have to change.
1: And there's always a fisherman in a Derbyshire
0: painting. Well nearly always. Tell me why that is. Nearly always. I think it's just a way for the artist to show some scale um, and that the place wasn't completely deserted. Uh, It's a way to, to ease the sublime or add to the picturesque, whichever one you want to do. So. Yes, there's
1: a couple of fly fishing geeks. We could both talk for hours about the rods. Can we? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. that would be a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what, what it does tell us, I think, is the long, about the long history of fishing in, in the dove and in the area in general. But I mean, the fact that they did choose a fisherman for scale rather yeah. than a, you know, a, a hay cart or something. You know, it, yeah. it says something or about the sheep. area. It
0: says something about the area. I mean, there are sheep in this picture. But um, but if you think of the dove not just as an angler as a reader of English literature and remember these pictures are being done in the 18th century 19th century every library had Isaac Walton on the bookshelf complete angler they knew it this book was the Vardé Mécum Right. Um, nobody else was there and you knew, you knew it you read it um, and he talks about the Dove you come to the Dove April May June, July, well really May, June, July. Those are the three months you fish this river. But everyone knew the Dove, and that book was written way back 1670ish, and remains one of the one book that has remained in print along with the Book of Common Prayer.
1: That's a really, you know, I hadn't thought of it like that. That's a really good point when you when you when you say. I mean, now we're, we're just swamped with choice. With books, mm. There wouldn't have been as many around no. then, so it, it, its prominence would have been enormous in its day. Yeah, hadn't
0: it, it, yeah this, this is like having um, probably the Trout and Salmon app on your phone and always open, um, or whichever one it yeah. is, I don't know what the yeah. current one is. But but you can imagine these guys sitting, standing there and having this conversation, and this was part of what a gentleman did on a cold winter's night and he dreamed of summer when he could go out. And therefore, this was a place that people aspired to come to. Um, what we're going to do is look at some other pictures of this landscape. If I can put my hand on the with looking ease. for the right
1: stack. Oh, Here we go.
0: Looking at now is some of the the great prospects of Derbyshire done by um, Smith of Derby in the 1740s. And these I would describe as the first sort of tourist prints ever made. Um, and Smith publishes a series first of eight images. Um, and then it becomes 12, the prospects of Derbyshire. But definitely bearing in mind this consideration of the sublime so we've got to have things um, big, dramatic, scary, um, gloomy if you can. but uh, don't make it too bad. so make sure there's some people around. So we're looking we're looking at
1: these old these paintings going back. this is 17. 1745-ish. 40-ish. And we're seeing, we're seeing definite signs of, of the river being modified. It's not a new thing. T- no. t- tell me about uh,
0: well, how think... you think
1: that people have and why they have modified it, it, it. Really, what's changed It's the extent to which we've modified the channel, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. I think we've got to remember that a river is a source of food. And so historically, it has always been a source of food. That's why we fish. Fly fishers nowadays are not fishing for dinner. If we all relied on our fly fishing for dinner, none of us would eat, you know that. (laughs) Um, In that time, this was a really affordable, cheap source of protein. Um, And if you could fish well, then you were going to be able to feed your household, not just you, because you're not just feeding one person, you were feeding yourself, your servant, um, your family um, it may just be for a light breakfast but even so um, you are not going to make it difficult for yourself so you are going to net it, you are going to use baskets um, all the methods that were being used in Africa or were used in North America I'm quite inv- convinced would have been used in Britain, I can't see any reason why we shouldn't mm. be doing that um, It's as you say, it's a free conveyor belt of food isn't it? If If you manage it, but by um, even the time that that, um, Walton's writing, um, they know that you can't overfish it because there won't be any next year. That's why you only fish this during the mayfly.
1: Hmm.
0: Because those fish that survive your uh, deprivation by the time you finish killing everything that's come out um, will have got fat on the mayfly, will have their, their babies and next year there will be another crop, and you see it as farming. Mm. And that's what this is about. I think that we have always tried to manage spaces to our advantage as people.
1: And I suppose putting that in the context of the Dove and Today's Restoration Project, I suppose that the the, the weirs as they are at the moment was just the culmination of that process. And it's just gone that little bit too far with our current knowledge of um, ecology and the fact that that they are having some damaging effects on the the overall ecology and habitat of the river.
0: Yeah, but I think we also need to take account of the fact that this river um, has always had owners and those owners also want to improve their land and improvement, if you go back to before the 20th century, means beautifying it. Um, and if beautifying it means to make a cascade because you've got a natural river rather than Chatsworth having water coming down the hill to make mm. a cascade and to enjoy the, the noise and um, the beauty of that sort of water and its fishing water, then there is good reason for us to be thinking about what is the motivation of that family. Wouldn't you think there is d- an aesthetic? There is an aesthetic. Of course there's an aesthetic. Oh, that's interesting. Any owner is going to put an aesthetic on it. Yeah. The, the row, as soon as somebody tries to put something big on a, on a river nowadays, isn't just from natural England, it's from the local people. You know, it's going to spoil the view. Mm. Um, let's look back at the, the building of and the so railways. Some
1: of the objections to taking these weirs out is just that. that yeah. People, I mean, it does look, and they do look beautiful.
0: Um, the picture I actually love is the one of um, Pickering and Eilham. Um, which is at the bottom here. You might need to bend some knees. Yeah, I can see that. Um, let's go down on our knees. We'll, we'll, we'll creak. I'm sitting here thinking, does this land, you yeah, know, this, this all looks man-made? Yes. And we know this isn't man-made. This is an, an enormously high structure. But you can see the, the cracks and the grikes on, on, on the limestone. Um, again, we, we know that, there's, that there was a weir here. Quite clearly, so you've, you've got the weir um a, a row of stones that's making you two two nice fishing pools under there is where to catch your fish. Um, here we have, have we got an, uh, an angler on this one? No, they've finished fishing today. They've got a rod there, though. I think he's got a rod, yes. And a hunting dog. And a hunting dog. <laughs> and um, the girls are all in long skirts again, lo- lovely muddy clothes. Um, and the blokes are all in their best clothes again. And these sheep have got right up onto a onto a bit. And as for those. Um, but I was looking at this thinking, does the landscape really look like this? No, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't believe it ever did. Yeah. Um, even if you took all the trees back, I don't believe it would look like this. Um, there is a a gate there, but I haven't quite worked out where the footpath goes.
1: And we can't trust the past to tell the absolute truth, can we? That's
0: the no. Thing. But then when I when I thought about these pictures, I thought about what is Smith doing here? And my thinking is that this is good tourist bling. This is like those photographs of the Empire State Building and um, the Chrysler Tower that everybody owns. Um, And uh, you you think, oh, well, I will go to New York one day. And this is, I will get to Dovedale. And this is why people come. And we've even got a pair of swans here to make it look even more romantic because we know swans make for life. Um, It's a... it becomes a place of this romantic idyll, if you, if you want it like that. That's fascinating. That's really fascinating. I love these really early pictures of of, of, of the river. I think they're fascinating.
1: Um, I mean, in one way, you can look at what he, what what Smith was doing was kind of early PR for the region, wasn't oh, it? You oh, that's expect.
0: that's exactly what he's doing. Um, yeah. he, he eventually sells his blocks to Boydell. Boydell, um is actually Lord Mayor of London for for a year at least, Um, he has a print shop in London he has the license and he's selling these in every size and we'll go and have a a look in a a box of images Um, and here's the Straits um, which is probably a better showing of the Straits um, it was the Straits in the other picture though wasn't it? Mm. I can see the
1: yeah, because now it's the boardwalk now, yeah. of course, with the, the wooden boardwalk. Yes, it's interesting me, because when I was writing my piece for it, was I noticed when you walk through that, the whole acoustic of the river changes. Yeah. Because you, you've got the rock on both sides. and mm. It sounds... Bi- that's a thing, it sounds bigger than it actually is when you walk yeah. through those streets. And
0: that's part of what the sublime is about.
1: Uh, it's the senses, isn't it? Yeah. It's the sensory thing. Thank you for... Show me down. I feel like I'm in the engine room of the museum, and I suppose in a way I am, aren't I? You (laughs) are. This is
0: this
1: This, is where where we do
0: stuff. Oh, we're supposed to do stuff.
1: That's great. Thank you very much, Ross. That's brilliant. Thank you to Andrew Griffiths for that fascinating report. You can hear Andrew in another podcast on the River Dove, looking at the problem of weirs and other obstructions on the river, uh, by visiting BBC Countryfile magazine's website, countryfile.com. And there are plenty of other podcasts by the rest of the team. So do have a look and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye now.